Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. Again, fellow basement dwellers, this is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is a part of the Chairshot Radio Network on the Chairshot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. The Chairshot.com. Always use your head. And this week. It is the Comic-Con Reflection Show. That's right, San Diego Comic-Con actually wrapping up today as we record on a Sunday. But you're hearing this on Monday, and everybody who knows anything about Comic-Con knows that nothing truly impactful drops on Sunday of the, of the conference. It ends at noon, usually noon Pacific, if I, if I do recall. There's usually maybe like one panel or two with some trailers of note. But usually not. But not usually the big news that that tends to come out of Saturday and Hall H. And we're going to break uh, a lot of the highlights down for you. Of course, we are going to culminate with what I would argue is once again the winner of San Diego Comic Con, our good friends over at Marvel and the MCU and Kevin Feige, because it was it was massive. But before we get into all that, let us welcome the panel the bandwagon we have our four members that we typically have for any regular regular bandwagon we've got the live studio audience mr saturday night pc tunny welcome to the program ahoy ahoy chips ahoy 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 we have the lawyer and co-founder of bandwagon nerds mr david ungar hello everyone how are you doing today it is uh what wow all sorts of background noise. That's and we have, Aesop, we have Aesop's ambient noise machine uh, <laughs> playing in the background. Is that better? That, yes. is, that is much better. That is yes. much better, yeah. I don't, we're, not, we're not a wind tunnel anymore. So anyway. Well, normally normally the, the fan doesn't pick up like that. I'm in my attic. So, I mean, it gets insanely hot up here. But it is, and it is hot as balls uh, so wait, across wait. the country. Every right other now. nerd is in their basement. Aesop's in the attic. It just he just wants to be individual. Only, you know I'm a different person in the first place. It's only 81 degrees outside. Oh, where did it? Where yeah, where, outside. Where you, you want to feel what it is in my uh, in my attic? 81. He lives Definitely closer to the lake than I do. You know what that means. Patrick Aesop uh, just said he wanted to take Tony into his attic. So just just throwing that out. I there. mean, 
Yeah, it's not. It's ninety. Two. It's ninety three and rising where I am. So <laughs> two man enter, one man leave. I'm thirty and rising. Oh my. Anyway, guys, we have a ton to cover today. We are finally going to start a new show. We're finally going to yeah. start a review of a show. We are finally going to start reviewing the Umbrella Academy season three, episode one. Where I, I guess, guys, all I got to say is, um. If I were, what would you do if you met yourself in your current timeline? Like that, that is the conundrum that I walked out of of that episode. And, uh, and of course the answer is sleep with it. Right. And that, and that's right. Is we all watched it. We all watched this episode, correct? Yes. Tony, Tony, Tony would not climb Mount Tony as it were. Tony would not mount Tony. I would not. What were the other options? Kill him, sleep with them. Can I, (laughs) It was like, can I do a multiplicity thing where he goes to work and I do whatever I want? Maybe. I mean, who knows? Uh, here's, here's the thing. We're going to talk. We're going to go all into that. And then the way we're going to break up the San Diego Comic-Con uh, portion of the show, uh, we're going to do a trailer park because it's generally the easiest, easiest way to comment on what was dropped. And, and we can have some conversations about the things we saw in those trailers uh, before we talk about DC slash Warner brothers and their hall H uh, um, panel. And we'll end with Marvel because Marvel was just a one hour news dump of so much. And that'll be how we conclude the show. But umbrella Academy season three, episode one, that's where we're going to kick it off. And I, I've got to, I got to say the one thing I love about Netflix is they do help you out quite a bit with just kind of a recap of everything that you may have forgotten in like seven years from, from series to series, because it's been a while since we've been with, with the gang and I've forgotten all their names. So drink, I I brought the booze by the way, this week I I needed some alcohol a little bit. So I'm going to forget names left and right, but um, one through seven, one through seven, we get the introduction of the Sparrow Academy um one through seven as well and and the revelations that we learn is that from season two when uh their father whoa that's weird sorry Uh, am i back you never 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 left left. us never left no the weirdest thing just happened i somehow brushed my hand across so this screen uh my screen is a touch screen as well as a laptop i apparently as i was putting as i was making like my hand motions while i talked I swiped the entire screen away and was like, where the hell did everything go? And like, it was just looking at a blank background. So that's uh, you swiped good... left on the screen. I did. Uh, and so that's some good live podcasting. Anyway, what I was getting at is that, you know, our, our, our intrepid heroes, when we last left them, they had returned home after saving the world for what the second time, the third time um, they enter into that the what they believe to be the Umbrella Academy, only to discover that not only does the Umbrella Academy no longer exist, it never existed, it has been replaced by the Sparrow Academy, where we discovered that after meeting his children in 1963, their father decided not to adopt them and adopted different children because the train wreck that he encountered in 1963 was not what he wanted, thus creating a superhero team that was markedly different um that was the kind of the biggest takeaway the family is still dysfunctional as fuck 
And of course, if you meet your doppelganger, you sleep with it. Dave, on guard. Yeah, that is. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah, fun, fun first episode. I, I like the. Uh, the Footloose dance-off was certainly unexpected, but yes. that was epic, um, tremendous. But uh, yeah, and and I thought, yeah, the Sparrow Academy clearly not as dysfunctional as our our heroes are. Uh, but in the end, it, it's in the end, you know, Vanya is still the the X factor and the one that pretty much put the rest of the Sparrow Academy in their place. And and I do like kind of the showdown with her and the other number one Marcus, you know, as near the end of the episode. But uh it ends in kind of a, an ominous situation with this energy blast that <laughs> wipes out selectively a few things. But um cool first episode. I, I definitely you know you get the feeling that there's more going on with this than just these two different yet intertwined academies that are meeting up for the first time. Right. Well, and we've got this mysterious entity in the basement of the Hargreaves Manor that is the source of this weird power thing. I was sad that the dog got dusted Thanos style. That, that anytime a dog is is destroyed, it makes me sad. Aesop, did you have a chance to catch episode one of Umbrella Academy, sir? And your thoughts? Honestly, I did not. Uh, it, it has been a Fail. crazy busy, crazy busy week. I have I have my comedy show next week, so I had to plan. Right. No, you have other things to plan for next week. You have a villain draft to plan for next. Oh, week. don't worry. I'll I'll win that too. <clears throat> Will you know? It's just like you won the first round. Uh, wow. I would just ace up, man. I you know you, you came in here today, unbeknownst to you, looking like you might make a comeback. So I would just be careful how cocky you get throughout the rest of the show. There's lots of votes to be cast out there. I think, uh, I think the, being nice the, to myself and Patrick might help you out. It's a dead heat right in now. the next, in the next hour and a half. If you know what we're <laughs> saying, just, 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 just little, little suggestion. I mean, it, it is really challenging for me as to which personality on this damn podcast. I want to hear brag about how smart they are. Do I really need to listen to Christopher Platt brag? Again, or are we stuck with Aesop Mitchell, who doesn't do his homework because he's more concerned about his comedy show, which I'm sure was a paying gig, right? Is that what it is? Do you get paid for that? Yes. Well, I have to pay for it. So that all the more reason so why I have to. He's the promoter. So, yeah, so you're it's the my show. You're, you're paying for your show. I'm just Please. saying, at least at Please. least this is free. This is free. It's free and it's fun. Um, well, at but least my, it's Mine has potential fun. to pay me back. Tried to and get a prophetized. wild card in there, Patrick. Tried to get a what? Tried to get a wild card in there, Patrick. You didn't think long term oh, in that. Speak, speaking of wild cards, yeah. we have a, another yeah. face in the upper right hand corner. Looks like in route driving, Mister Ray Cash himself. Ray, how you doing, man? It's a uh, it's a day, but it's, it's a day. It's a day that will turn into a night, and eventually another day. Wow. That's that's usually how time works. Now I am going to let you know we're talking Umbrella Academy right now to kick okay. off the show. Did you watch Umbrella Academy? Have you caught that at all? I finished the whole season, yes, sir. So uh, it's the season one, episode. What you talking about? We're just talking about episode one. We were just talking about how the Hargreaves children are still completely dysfunctional, and how there is this weird glowing ball in the basement of the Sparrow Academy that set off this beat this like wave of energy that wiped out 
I don't know, Thanos style, a bunch of select things, pulled in um, the new guy, the new number one for the Sparrow Academy. I forgot his name. Marcus. Uh, Marcus. I just can't. What's that? Marcus. 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 All right, drink. Um, Not you, Ray. You're driving. Yeah, I'm drinking. I'll drink for you with my locally brewed whiskey. Mm. That's delightful. Um, but yeah, we we come back to something that we don't understand. And I, I don't know about you guys having not watched. I didn't watch the entire season. Some of you may have already jumped the gun and, and watched it all, binge watching. I know like Tony likes to binge watch. Ray said he saw it. I can't imagine that this doesn't result in some level of cooperation between the sparrows and the umbrellas to, to take on whatever this thing is that's in their basement. Yeah, I haven't yeah, jumped, they, I haven't yeah, jumped ahead talking. yet, but I imagine you're right. Can I ask a question? Go ahead, Ray. Have you guys broken down beat for beat the Footloose dance battle? We just talked about how we loved it and thought it was amazing. Um, and it is like, as you mentioned, it's pretty darn accurate to the 1980s movie, like from the get go. I, I do love that there's somebody with a basically an LSD hallucinogen level sort of power that, I mean, she's got to spit on you, which is kind of gross, but uh, that's that, that's pretty exciting. But yes, that was a delight and not what anyone was expecting before we got the actual fight between the two. Um, that. I've, I've gone back and watched that dance battle like 10 times. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, it is. But yeah, the uh, the Sparrows, the more you watch the show, they kind of hint at it a little bit in the first episode of their own dysfunction. It's uh, I saw a tweet that said that essentially the, the Sparrows are what uh, are basically uh, what, the, what the X-Men would be if uh, Joe Jackson was Professor X. So, like, oh, and that's pretty spot wow. on. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Damn. So, Damn. I mean, Wolverine, don't hold that baby over that balcony. Oh, my God. Tony, uh, jump in there with your thoughts on the first episode. It was, you, you, you know, you mentioned, it's hard to, like, all these streaming shows, they're all so really really well done but it's hard to like just go ahead and want to get back into it so the recap was great but once i got to the footloose thing i'm like oh my god this is amazing right peacemaker is going through the back of my head it's interesting that they're going to kind of fight a version of themselves it's clear to us by the end of the episode that the original the the umbrella academy has the ace up, up their sleeve though right with the most powerful out of all of them, even though she's number seven, um, you know, in telling the other number one that, you, you know, you may be this, that or the other, but you're just you're just muscle and spandex, bro. I've ended the world twice. So let you want to you want to play poker here? Call my bluff. See if I'm fucking bluffing because I just knocked you all to your ass. Um, just great to see the dynamic with all of them back, though. It should be a really interesting yep. uh, season. I'll be um, I'm also intrigued to see like Allison's going to get a harsh dose of reality. Uh, you know, she wants to go back to the man she fell in love with and go see her husband. I just can't see that ending well. You talk about love. One last thing I wanted to mention before you guys keep going here is my last thing is the Luther and I forget the girl's name on the new one. They they started yeah. something in the hallway. That's gonna that's gonna be a something as we get through the season. I her think. name's Sloan. Wasn't that her name? Is Sloan, that, is yeah. that it, Ray? Yeah. 
She, her name could be whatever. Can I ask? Can I ask Ray a question? I want to ask Ray because we all kind of talked about it. But Ray, if you met your doppelganger, would you sleep with them or kill them? Or would you send them? Or would you send on that time of day? Ray, or would you send them to work so you could do whatever you wanted? Well, that's that's my clearly. I need clones to live my life with me for a day. But I so basically, you're saying do I want to live like live life like Diego or live life like Klaus? And Klaus has a lot more fun. So, I mean... It's true. You know, like... I, you like Klaus. I, I, maybe. Um, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, by the way, I, I think... And I don't know how relevant it is. It's, it's extremely relevant to the show. It's extremely relevant to the build-up of the real-life filming of it. But I thought that they handled the Vanya-Victor transition... With perfect aplomb, it was very uh, impactful, yet very quick, and moved on. I love that. Yeah, I think that was necessary, because had they vamped right. on it too long, it would have felt a little too much. It hasn't happened yet, in the because it doesn't happen in the first episode. In the first episode, oh, it's, it was uh, one or two. I'm sorry. El- okay. Elliot Page is still Vanya, so I think, okay. they, yeah, we're getting to it soon, but right now, it, it's still Vanya, not Victor yet. Uh, the other thing that I feel like we got to talk about that was the kind of the bombshell that ends the episode. Diego's a dad. Diego yeah. uh, is, is introduced to his son that he had with uh, with Le- with Lila, not Lila, Lila, Lila Pitts. And I, I I don't know how else to describe it other than it was like they looked at each other. It was like, sup, sup, like you got food. And that was like that was the conversation. Diego, who's already a loose cannon and unhinged as it is now thrust with this child. I can't imagine this is the end of Lila in the show. In fact, if I were just to cheat 20 episodes, pretty sure that that means we're going to see Lila again somewhere down the road. Tony, your thoughts on Diego being a dad. I think it's going to help. What am I cheating? Because you've seen episodes after episode one. No, I haven't. I've only watched episode oh, you didn't? one. I waited you all the yourself? way. T- I waited all the way. I've waited all the way till this morning to watch episode one. Because in doing Me this, too. I found if you just watch it in the morning, you don't really have to take that many notes. Um, so I know nothing. I haven't read anything. I only know what I watched this morning, which was episode one. It's got to help Diego help the rest of the crew out by becoming more responsible, right? And thinking before he acts a lot of times. I think this kid at some point should help them out. I, I don't know. This is just things I'm reading into in the first one. Uh, but the more we talk about it, the more I'm glad it's back. This is such such a great show. Yeah, I can't wait to get Pogo back, too. Dave, me, oh, God. It's uh, Doom Patrol. Diego as a father. Um, okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, not mine. I, I mean, it's, it's, you got to figure Stan, Stanley. I think that's the kid's name is Stanley. Um, you know, with uh, Diego and Lila, you know, being the parents, you got to figure Stan's got some powers of his own that are going to come into play um, at some point in time in the season. But yeah, we're not that Lila will, will be back. I mean, we got nine episodes left. I'm sure she didn't just make a one-off cameo, but it's interesting, you know, that, you know, when you think about where she was at the end of season two and okay, she's followed, she's able to track them to where they ended up. So who else on her side of the fence is going to be able to track them to, um, to, you know, where to this reality that they've ended up in. So that's, 
that's a little disconcerting for our heroes when you think about, you know, who kind of Lila. Lila was kind of a double agent near the end of season two. So you wonder, okay, who else yep. who else is going to track them to where they are? So, yeah, that's that's intriguing. But, yeah, Diego is a dad. Um, you know, Luther, I could see him being a dad. Diego, not exactly father of the year, but better than Klaus. Let's be honest. So. But that's let's 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 look at this from a storytelling perspective. And look at why Diego would be the father and not a Luther who's gotten his bell rung a few too many times and seems to have jumped way down the dumb pole, uh, at least in episode one. So it just makes more sense for a narrative and a challenge for Diego, uh, given his his other problems. But, Can but, he not fuck up this child? Yeah, Luther was great, though. When he's talking about getting his ass handed to him and when he's describing it, like, so he's like, here. Here's your here's, ass. Here's, you know? my, here's your ass. Yeah, exactly. That was good stuff. That was that was really really funny. I do think that this has come off to gotten off to a very very hot start, and um, I'm excited to pursue this show over the next what is it nine weeks? Is it nine episodes? Eight episodes? Something ten. like that. So ten episodes. Ten episodes. So ten weeks of Umbrella Academy and everybody's future. All right, closing the book on that. We're going to take our first commercial break, and when we come back. We are going to talk about non-DC and non-Marvel Comic-Con news. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, welcome back. Well, while we were at our commercial break, we did get a brief message uh, from Ray Cash. He is, uh, he was, obviously, he was driving. He needed to step away uh, from the podcast. He may come back later. If he has time, as everybody messages, and you'll hear that during the podcast, because we have yet to figure out how to mute our messages in Skype. Anyhow, um, the rest of the show, we are going to talk about the weekend that was San Diego Comic-Con. And before we get to it, Noble Listener, yes, I'm sure that there is going to be something that we're not going to talk about today. And you're going to be, you know, panties in a bunch butthurt that we didn't talk about your favorite nerd show of all time how dare you call yourselves bandwagon you call yourselves nerds and you didn't talk about uh the lord of the rings which i'm sorry we've talked about the lord of the rings show two weeks consecutively going into this i feel like that ship has sailed gentlemen um even though i loved the three-minute comic-con trailer let me just put that out there that's all I'm going to say about Lord of the Rings. Aesop, I'm sure I'm assuming you enjoyed it as well. Loved every second of it. All right, that's all we get out of that. David Ongar's opinion doesn't matter, and Tony doesn't care. So that's what we're going to go from. <laughs> and Dave might be frozen. I can't tell. He's either holding extremely still or he froze out. It doesn't matter anyway. Oh, and he's not he's a gone. lawyer. He's gone. He's a, he's a mall mannequin. <laughs> so call me, call me Dolores, I, Tony. I will. <laughs> I will admittedly say that the five trailers that I picked from San Diego Comic Con were all personal preferences from me. But before we talk these trailers, Dave, I don't care that it's San Diego Comic Con. 
I'm sure there's no special beautiful banjo for San Diego Comic Con, but if there is, fuck it up. Otherwise, it's going to be the standard stuff. Oh, it's going to be the standards. The San Diegans, go fuck yourself, San Diego. You get the regular. Uh, you shots fired. <laughs> Carved this banjo out of a whale's vagina. There you go. Play that beautiful banjo. Here we go. Gentlemen, five trailers. Uh, and I'm going to start with the one that, for me, I, I, I play Dungeons & Dragons. And so when I knew that Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves was going to drop a trailer at San Diego Comic-Con, of course I was going to make you guys watch it. Of course I was going to make you see Chris Pine as a bard. Of course I was going to see, uh, is her name Michelle Rodriguez? Is that Yes. Her name? Michelle Rodriguez as a buffed-out barbarian. Hugh Grant as an evil wizard, it looks like. Here's the thing. As a D&D guy, they showed creatures from the game. They showed it looked fun, looked silly, and it looked nowhere near as idiotic and terrible as the Thora Birch movie or the made-for-TV sci-fi movies that were based on Dungeons & Dragons came out. It's not going to be poetry. It is not going to be cinematic greatness. However, it looks like a hell of a good time. And I'm sorry, if I can be like, oh, look, there's a displacer beast. Oh, look, there's a mimic. Oh, look, there's an owlbear. That's fun. That's just fun. Aesop, you you uh, you nodded the most, so I'm going to let you reply to this trailer first. Oh, it looks very fun. And to all those people bitching about oh. druid wild shapes, uh, first of all, I'm going to say, go fuck yourself. And then secondly, I'm going to refer you to the Dungeon Master's Hand Guide, page four, paragraph, I want to say two, is it two or four? Oh, it is. Yeah, it's two. Don't listen to Tony. Tony's never played a second. I don't care. I <laughs> feel like he dragon. could possibly have looked it up. But I believe it's paragraph guys. two. It's, it's Dungeon Master page four, paragraph two, where it says you are allowed to do whatever you want based on the Dungeon Master's discretion. So go fuck yourself about a wild shape owlbear. Thank you. But isn't it so like this is so indicative of nerd fans, right? Like so this trailer comes out and all of a sudden, like the mouth breathers because if anybody's ever played Dungeons and Dragons before, played this game, there's always there's that player that is just by the book, period. Well, that that wasn't in the rules, you guys. And if it's not in the rule book, then we can't we can't follow it. Like that's not allowed. Not you you those people are not fun to play with. And Dungeons and Dragons, which is already like as somebody who's played Dungeons and Dragons since he was in grade school. That it's it's so stigmatized. 
So to sit there and then live out the, the, the reason why people make fun of you by hating on a trailer because the druid wild shaped into something that it, they weren't supposed to. It's a monstrosity, like, not an animal. Right. Oh, Shut it's up. CR was too high. It was CR was too high for, for what she was saying. She'd have to be level. Blah, blah, blah. I don't fucking care. Like it looked cool. Let it look cool. Damn it. Dave, what do you think? Are you okay? Oh yeah. I'm okay. Uh, do you play Dungeons you, and Dragons? Yes. Are you I do. guys okay? I do. I, I think sounds like therapy. Yeah. I think the thing with, with <laughs> Lamaze breathing right here. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's funny that, you know, you, you talked about the Lord of the Rings trailer, not including it and, and D and D, which are like kind of, kind of sort of similar universes, except D and D is much more open to individualized perception and whatever the DM wants. The scene that the DM wants to create is really how these, campaigns go out and yeah like you're saying pat you know some games you got to follow the rules strictly okay let's get that out of the way D is not one of those types of games and you got to have some latitude and some just go with it and so as far as that goes this trailer is just an interpretation of a campaign of which there's what a thousand D D campaigns out there so this is just like one that they're looking at and this is how somebody's interpreting that and fucking Either watch it or don't. Let it go. It looks like a fun dungeon crawling dragon esque adventure with owl bears. I mean, owl bears. Come on. Well, and the other thing is, and I promise I'll stop being a D and D nerd over this. But it, it's also little things in the trailer, like they have a black dragon in the trailer, and in Dungeons and Dragons, depending on the chromatic color of the dragon, they they have different breath weapons, and black dragons spit acid, and so in this trailer. When the black dragon comes flying through and breathes, he breathes acid on everybody. And you just don't see like everybody's used to fire breathing dragons. Well, it wasn't a red dragon, so they didn't they didn't have a breathe fire. So it's it's going here's the thing for me as a gamer and as somebody who plays Dungeons and Dragons and does love this game very much and wishes he could play more than what he does. This is going to probably on some level generate some interest for people who have never played before. And I'm begging gamers out there and D&D people out there that when these folks show up, don't kill their fun or their interest by being the dude who bitches about druids and wild shaping. Let people play. At the end of the day, tabletop role-playing games and games in general, board games and all this, is supposed to be a communal experience it's supposed to be storytelling it's supposed to be fun and when you when you just embrace that that's what makes it a worthwhile experience and, and brings people the joy that that like i've had from the game and you know aesop and dave i'm sure have gotten out of the game aesop you had a thought go for it well i was just going to say i have been very open to my feelings about you know, purity of stuff, right? Comic book purity and trying to follow the lines right, 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 and right. stories. So the fact that I'm saying to chill the fuck out should like really preach to the insignificance of this uh, complaint and gripe. Right, exactly. So I, I can't wait for this movie to come out. And the little O'Dowd was like, I think I want to go see that. So... Maybe you get a little O'Dowd movie review of Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves in your future. Tell them to do Morbius next. Oh, God. That, when, it, when that's streaming, we'll watch it. 
Unless you count the episode of the Big Bang Theory where they play Dungeons and Dragons, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, but That's okay. I've never, I've never had the time to, or never really had a group of friends that did. I would love to actually try it and commit to it. But the movie looks fun, and to me, as someone who doesn't play it, it's very interesting to watch how it's going to manifest as a story. And then on top of that, you all know how I like to watch movies. This lends itself to 3D a million ways from Tuesday. Right. Last thought on this before we move to the next trailer, though. Chris Pine looks like he was having a fucking blast just doing this. Like, he looked like he he totally embraced it. If you followed any of his comics comments on the Comic-Con panel, he talked like he plays Dungeons & Dragons, too. So that's the other part of it is that you know, he he looks like somebody who it's medieval Star fun. Trek, man. Right. It, it he looked like he was having a great time, and everybody does. Everybody looked like they were having a great time making that movie. So, okay. The next trailer I shared. If there has been one good thing, and I actually think there's been more good things out of Paramount Plus than it gets credit for, but if there's one, what I would argue, great thing Paramount Plus has given us, it is the, a a Star Trek renaissance in terms of shows that you can watch and embrace. I still haven't watched, uh, and I'm going to, what's the name of the series that's getting all the critical acclaim, the newest one? Oh, Strange New uh, Worlds. Stranger Worlds. Strange New Worlds. I've heard that show is amazing. Like, I've heard it's just amazing. And enough people have critically responded to it positively that I'm like, I, I think I'll check this out. But it's also given us Below Decks. It's also given us Picard. And Picard announced at Comic-Con with a trailer this week that it's entering its third and final season with um, a reuniting of much of the original Star Trek The Next Generation cast. And the trailer they released isn't really a trailer so much as just a who's who of who is back for this final season. And I think I, I didn't see Will Wheaton. I that I think and I didn't see um Brent Spiner, right? That data? Yes. Yeah. So that's the only two people I could I I don't remember seeing in this trailer. I I gotta tell you, as somebody who grew up in the next generation era, like it was a hit or miss show for me as a kid. This this series has looked very, very interesting in this trailer, at least on maybe it's just on the strength of nostalgia. Like I, I'm very interested to see what they do with this show, uh, David Ungar. What do you think? What have you have you watched any of Picard? And even if you haven't, your thoughts on this kind of being a gathering of the original cast and um, Seven of Nine for I, some reason. I, I agree completely with you about one of the best things about Paramount Plus is that it isn't a it's a recognized and official Star Trek hub. So just about anything Star Trek related. Even the old animated series, you know, you can watch on there if you're if you're a Trekkie or want to become a Trekkie or get more immersed in that. But I hear great things about Picard. And like you're saying, yeah, you're watching this trailer and it's just like a, it's like a who's who of the key characters from the past with a couple of exceptions, you know. But by and large, it's like like you said, it's it's just a who's who of who's been in the show, the various shows through the years all coming together for this final season of Picard. So, yeah, I, it's something that eventually i would definitely want to check out right and and that's the thing is this is this the star trek series we've talked about this on this show this, this is one of those that has fallen victim 
for me of back burner content, like content I want to catch, but have prioritized different shows to watch. So that's why I have not been as up on Picard or any of these Star Trek shows that, that are out there. Tony, I'm going to defer to you next. Uh, I can't remember if you're any level of Star Trek Trekkie person at all, uh, but thoughts on this trailer. My mom is a gigantic Star Trek fan, like watched everything, grew up with it. Um, never, never loved it. Seen a plenty of the original, plenty of the next generation. Um, you can add me at PC Tunny Trekkies, but is it, is it just me or was this like the most active um, thing we could do with this cast to uh, put together a, something to promote this upcoming season because they all just kind of stood there and it kind of looked like they were old and maybe that was the best they could do and the sky is falling on Aesop there's the the air show going on today so I would assume that is a uh, blue angels right now flying by yet yet another reason to start recording from your basement rather than your attic is that there's just it's it's almost soundproof sir uh, you haven't been in my basement. Are there, where they got rats? Is that, is that, uh, is that I got I got the air conditioning system in there, and uh, that bitch oh. is loud. Uh, well, you know, choices were made. Your thoughts on the Picard trailer, though? Uh, personally, Picard has been my least interested show. Uh, I have right. watched most most of it, and, and I will say that there have been issues storytelling wise. This gets me excited though. And yeah. those those have been the brighter spots of Picard is bringing in uh you know people of next generation past, you know. We got Whoopi Goldberg before and you know and stuff like that and which is just fantastic fan service. I would assume that they left off you know uh, Brett Spiner and, and Will Wheaton for story purposes. I feel like there's just no reason not to have them. It's not like Brett Spiner or Will Wheaton is doing anything uh, of of note. So I feel like those guys will make an appearance. So be patient. But I do look forward. I feel like Paramount Plus has done a fantastic job with everything Star Trek related. Because as far as, uh, even though I feel like Picard isn't the strongest, uh, you know, the weakest one of it all, it's not bad. It's not something that I'm not going to watch. I just feel like the cohesiveness hasn't been uh, on par with the other series that they've introduced. And maybe that's because it's trying to match up to next gen rather than creating a whole new product like uh, Strange New World, Below Decks, uh, Discovery, all that stuff. Right. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I, I think that... Um... Yeah, I, I like I said, I think I'm interested because this is a full uh, reunion of a, of, a, of a cast that I think a lot of people hold near and dear. And so uh, I will say this, even at like however old he is, fucking Riker still looks like a damn pimp. Uh, just like that kind of salt pepper, ah, you know, like Sean Connery ah, when he was in his like. You know, The Rock, when he was doing like movies like The Rock, where he was still like old and, you know, kind of sexy. I was turned on a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Let's turn on. Maybe like a little too much. Was that too much information? 
right, they got awkward. So there's, so. there's Patrick's man crush right there. Riker's fucking hot, man. Well, I, here's the thing, though. Bear Riker, when he's got the beard. When he's clean-shaven, no. No, no he's got, like, baby, no chin. Baby, yeah, baby face Riker doesn't work. Keep that beard, big fella. Keep that beard. All right. Our next trailer, I'll, honestly, I shared this trailer because I feel like as nerds, we kind of have to talk about The Walking Dead coming to an end. The OG series coming to an end. And I'll, I'll, I'll go I, I'll go first because I always go first because uh, that's just kind of how I run the show. It's a, um, it's a series I have stuck with from episode one to now through some really bad nonsensical storytelling through just just some some stunt casting stunt death a lot of stunt deaths um is the way the way you know and a lot of people argue that negan's double kill is the great jumping the shark moment of walking dead and maybe that's true this last the last couple of seasons though have have been pretty solid post the whisperers and in Ending the first round or the second round, I can't remember. If, I think they did it in threes with these final episodes. So they released a chunk on a cliffhanger. They've done the second chunk. We're heading into the finale of these final episodes of The Walking Dead. I'm ready to see how this finishes. Probably the big revel. There's two big revelations that came out of The Walking Dead panel. The first is that Rick and Michonne will be back somehow. Uh, that at least that's what's implied by walking dead twitter and this isn't the separate project which got changed by the way that was originally rick and michonne were supposed to be in movies they were going to do i think it was like three feature films those are now being released direct to television as miniseries instead the other big revelation is that it looks like the zombies are going to the uh, the walkers are going to evolve uh and can now at least towards the end of this season open doors and climb walls and so it's going to lead to a new sort of level of showdown that they have to survive before we end this series. So, Dave, I know you, uh, Ungar, have watched Walking Dead, and, and I think you're still, are you still behind? You were, like, behind I'm still last in the, night. I'm in season 10 right now, but... Um, All right, so you're, you're closer, but you still got some work to yeah. do. But uh, it's... Yeah, go ahead. No, it's a show that, I mean... It's near and dear to me because like when my wife and I first got together, that's one of the things we bonded over was watching The Walking Dead from the beginning um, until like season eight. And I was like watching it yesterday and she's like, where did I leave off? And I said, you left. I pointed to her like right here. Season eight, episode four is where you left off. And, you know, when the when the, the tiger dies and, you know, I'm like talking to her about stuff that, you know, trying to give her little tidbits of things that she's missed. And she's like, see, I don't think I can go back and do that because you get too emotionally invested in these characters and they just kill them off, which is one of the best things about the show is that they, they pull no punches about everybody's expendable, you know, at some point in time. And, and they've done that really well, but I know that they're that, that they've done a modification of the Commonwealth storyline mixed in with some other stuff. And now you've got, like you're saying, Pat, the walkers are evolving, you know, to where when the whispers first showed up and they were talking to each other and people like, wow, they could talk to each other. And like, this seems like, this might really be a true evolution of the walkers. And that's, that's disconcerting to say the least, but yeah, I think 
final episodes, I know they're going to do something different with Rick and Michonne, but you got to figure they're showing up at the end of this thing. That last episode, if it doesn't yeah, have them, can't. it's got to, you know, you got it. You, you got to come full circle. I, you just can't, end, you just can't end the series that way, by the way. Um, so how, how did like first dates go as you were Bonnie was like, Hey baby, you want to watch walking dead and chill? No, we, we were already together, but you. we were already together, but I think right. it was just like stuff we started watching and, and like, I don't remember. Hey, how, let's check it, out some zombies. Let's, let's watch a dude's head get bashed in by a baseball bat and just hang out on the couch. She had watched some of it. And then I kind of got caught up with her. So I think that's kind of the way it went, but it was a really, I mean, you know, it, it's like a lot of the shows, the first season, like breaking bad first season is good, but it gets better. And that, and walking dead, the first season was excellent. And then two and three and four kind of really elevated things. And then, you know, yeah, the last couple of seasons have been a bit odd to say the least. Right. It, 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 it's the, de- it's the definition of a show that started to meander, like just sort of wandered around in circles for a while and didn't really go anywhere productive, but, but like but the zombies was, on the show. Right. But look right. at, look well, at what the franchise just, has spawned though. I mean, how many shows? That's the point. Well, the reason, but that's why they kept the show going and meandering, right. Is because it was a moneymaker. It's, it's like, like it was still getting like even when its viewership started to drop because the show wasn't as good, people were still tuning in and checking it out and still watching it. So it was still something AMC could bank on. Uh, and I think you know Aesop, as I started to talk about this, he kind of made a face a, a little bit about like sort of how the show is. I think that it's very reflective, if I were to guess, of what we're talking about here is that the show just sort of it just stopped being compelling for for a really long time. This is a show that, you know, puns aside, just doesn't die. Uh, and right. regardless of how you feel about the show itself and then the subsequent spinoffs that it has made and it is currently making, I don't want to see any more of The Walking Dead. I'm sorry. I read much of the graphic novels, enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, this is kind of going back to what I was talking about before during Dungeons and Dragons. I don't like the fact that it uh, deviates uh, quite as hard. And then on top of that, like I said, I, I just feel like the walking dead killed that zombie genre, you know, and they, that had been mentioned many a times. just like, dear God, let it die, please just let it end. I'm, very happy this is coming to an end uh that way i don't have to you know watch it as my girlfriend you know will so that means i will be forced to watch it but um i have a gut feeling this is going to wrap up with lost slash sopranos slash seinfeld level bad Oh, that is a bold prediction. All right, gentlemen, around the room, except for Tunny, over and over under number of minutes, you see Tunny has watched of The Walking Dead, and I will set it at 30.25. Tunny, no reaction. Or 30 and a half. David Ungar. Over or under? 30 and a half. I'll take the under. I'll take the over. I'll take the under as well. PC Tunny, is it the under or is it the over? Oh, it's the under. Tony, I bet you've watched zero minutes of The Walking Dead. No, it's probably like around five or six. 
Five or six minutes. Five or Very six. Very well done. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that like, is there that are, through like, there were, there were zombies. We got to the point where Rick got shot in episode one. He says, ah, fuck. Sure. This. Yeah. Rick. Yeah. Rick. This is like, this is like, I can do as he's scrolling through the, the channels and like AMC. <laughs> oh, next. And just do you. That's no, that's not all that works. But I could I could describe the show like Platt and uh, Ray describe Lock I was gonna and say, Key. You're gonna, you're gonna go all Lock and Key on this. That's what I, that's uh, what I was speculating. Well, We're, I, like instead, a, instead of doing, I give that, you the X. I saw the X, and, and I, I think it's funny that even despite seeing the X, Aesop still went with the over. Anyway, uh, let's move on. This okay. I gotta share that part of the reason why this next trailer is on here is because of the Mrs. O'Dowd because the Mrs. O'Dowd is the reason I know anything about Anne Rice in the first place. But this has long been talked about that AMC was going to be doing a series based on Anne Rice's book, Interview with the Vampire. Many people remember the movie from the 90s if you're a child of the 90s like me, starring Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. I watched this trailer and I have mixed feelings and, and here's why. They, and I, I'm going to say this and I'm sure it's going to sound racist because it probably is a little racist. But Louie being cast as a black man in 1910, Louisiana, as an affluent owner of an establishment was a bit of a stretch for me. And, and it's not so much that the man is black it, as it is. He's black in 1910 and is affluent like a man with money and being treated with respect in Louisiana. I, I struggle with that. Now, Mrs. O'Dowd, as I, I was like, does it sound just like, well, you know, that wasn't that unusual. I was like, was it though? Was it? Like, and, and this woman has studied history. Like, that was her job uh, or her one of her majors in college. Like, that, and she pursued a master's degree in history. So it's not like she doesn't know what she's talking about. And I, and I want to make that very clear. Mrs. O'Dowd knows what she's talking about. But for me, that was just like this one thing and i don't know if that's racist patrick o'dowd looking at this trailer and being like i i don't know i like the book i've read the book the book is quite good it's a little weird but it's quite good um but i i don't know i don't know if i'll i don't know if i'll catch this one um at least if i do it'll be because of mrs o'dowd pc tunny skip or c that's that's yeah, the game I'm gonna play with trailers that I'm gonna do with you. Skip or see? Skip this one. I've never never really big into the vampire uh, genre, but there are good, there are well told vampire stories in cinema for sure that are must see, regardless of whether or not you're a fan of that type of film. Um, didn't the smell didn't pass the smell test for me? Fair enough. Uh, Aesop, you shook your head as well. Does that mean you are skipping this one? I have absolutely no desire to watch this show. And that's a little surprising. I'm normally someone that always gives it uh, one episode watch, maybe even a couple. This does nothing for me. I don't know why it, it is like that, but to me, it seems insanely dry. Yeah, I, I, I actually can find no argument there. David Ungar? I'm solidly in Aesop's camp on this one. I, I've got, I, I love the movie. I've got no desire to see this show. It just, it doesn't seem like we've talked about it before stuff. That's more amenable to streaming than movies. 
this does not feel like something that should be a streaming series or, or a series on AMC. So I would pretty sure I'll be skipping this one. Well, and I think they even take that a bit further and maybe it's changed since then. I actually don't even think this is on AMC. I think it's going to be on AMC plus like their streaming service. If I'm not mistaken, the thing about Anne Rice's vampire series is it really comes down to not so much the Louie character from interview with a vampire. It actually comes from whoever they would cast as Lestat because Lestat is the, the figure that is followed throughout her novels. So if they're going to take this anywhere, it's got to continue with Lestat. And that guy, I, I was like, who is this guy? I don't know why I should like him. And so I think I'm with you guys. I think that I wanted to give this, I wanted to give this the time that I felt like it deserved because it, it was a touchstone work of fiction and the movies itself was, was quite popular, but I also felt like it was worth uh, at least talking about, but I was, I was surprised at how sort of apathetic I was towards this particular series. And uh, just based on our apathy, over under a season and a half for Interview with a Vampire. Uh, Aesop. Uh, I'm going to say under. I, it, being on AMC Plus, you know, it's not going to bode well for it. I don't know what the numbers are for that streaming service, but I, I feel like the movie is so um, nostalgic for people that, you know, if they watch it and are turned turned off that's just going to really you know set some low numbers on a streaming service that i personally don't don't think has you know that good of numbers to begin with there pc tony over under a season and a half over don't he's gonna go the over is he because there's people that like vampires david ungar i'll take the under this will be one season and done i'm gonna take the over Simply because yeah. AMC doesn't quit on shows very quickly. I yeah, mean, Walking I, Dead, right? Well, I'm not even talking about Walking <laughs> Dead. I know you're you're making a you're making a joke there, and I'm forgetting the name of this series. But there was a it followed the Walking Dead on Sundays, and it was a like a fantastical samurai ninja. Yeah, like, back to the Badlands is that what it was? Yes, or something and, about and the that Badlands. show was actually good, and they stopped. Doing it. I watched it, yeah, and they and they canceled it after three seasons, but it never got watched. Like its ratings did not indicate that it should be renewed. So, um, so yeah, so I think it'll it'll go it'll go at least two because AMC isn't in the habit of canceling things very very quickly. All right, our last trailer, uh, kind of cheating a little bit, but it wasn't part of the DCWB Hall H panel because it was in Netflix. Uh, release and that is we got a more full trailer of the sandman series coming soon to netflix very very soon in fact uh, if i'm not mistaken on, on a release date dave i want to start with you on this one because i know this is a a series you've been very interested in checking out we got a lot more uh characters we got to see a ton of characters and in fact one of my favorite creepy characters um and i've always messed up his name but he's got the mouths for the eyes as well as his mouth um itself i can't remember what is uh how to pronounce his name but it's uh he looks he, he looks the part he looks unsettling like he's wearing his when they finally show him without his shades in that trailer i was like yeah yeah unlike um unlike interview with the vampire this is one i will definitely 
be checking out because I've always been a big fan of the Sandman series. And, and you know, I, I like the fact, you know, the whole concept of uh, the main character's dream, of course, the brother of uh, I think he's the brother of death or something like that. And, and they people capture the yeah. wrong the wrong one of them. Um, but, you know, the whole oh, concept Corinthian. I can't, his, his right. actual name, I can't remember, but he's called the Corinthian. Right. But the whole concept in this of whether, you know, can a dream die? And then I think the one bad character, I forget his name is like, um, yeah, let's find out. So I, I, this one, I'm definitely all interested in. This is what a Netflix series. Um, you it know, is so a Netflix series. here's the other thing I, I wanted to mention I, about interview with the vampires. I think they're premiering that the same day that, Walking Dead's final episodes premiere probably is not going to help it out too much if if they're doing that. But um, getting back to Sandman, yeah, this looks. I mean, you know, it, it's one of these things like Aesop's always saying about how far they're going to deviate from the source material. If they stick close to the source material, this show is going to be really, really good. And it, it is absolutely everything in this trailer just solidified the fact. Do I want to watch this? Yes, definitely. So I'm I'm by, all by, in on this by the one. Way, this, this series premieres August sixth. So it's, yeah, it's or August coming. 5th. Sorry, August 5th. It's, it is right around the corner. Um, Aesop, I'm sure you've read the Sandman books. Yes. Uh, do love me some Neil Gaiman. Um, so I'm super ready for all this. Um, I find it a little interesting that this isn't on HBO Max. Um, and mm-hmm. so I wonder what future partnerships there are with that you know if there are any you know you you never know but i feel like this is something that would make hbo max uh viewership drive up and maybe even get some people to buy into the subscription service so uh, i'm kind of curious to see if there's more partnerships for netflix and dc going forward because you know they lost all the marvel stuff right so Tony gave the big X, so I'm just going to jump in and comment on this one a little bit. Yep, that's right. I called you out. You know how this show works. You've been on the show for gonna, two and a half years. Gonna, You've been gonna. on the show long enough to know how I operate, and yet then you act all butthurt when I call I'll you just, out. I'll just, oh, yeah, it's very butthurt right now. Um, I'll just start commenting unknowingly about things. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Here's the thing that um, I'm going to be interested to see. You mentioned Warner Brothers and, and HBO Max and that that piece. Of I'll be interested because in the first run of Sandman, where he is trying to retrieve his belongings, he encounters some pretty popular and known DC sort of regular universe. Like he spends time with John Constantine. And I was just looking through the cast. I didn't see Constantine's name. So either they've kept that quiet or he's not included. And he would have only been included in a few episodes. So maybe I just didn't go far enough down the list. Um, But like they talk specifically about the Justice League. And I can't remember. I'm trying to remember from the comics who from the Justice League is a Martian Manhunter. I want to see say as part of that, that he that he talks to or that he encounters. But there's like a couple of members of the Justice League that he actually goes to get help as he's trying to retrieve his three belongings to then take on the Corinthian was it, and hold the Corinthian accountable. Aesop, was it Z- Zatanna? I mean, she would seem to be the one. That no, Zatanna? No, Zatanna. it's definitely not Zatanna. It's definitely not Zatanna. I say this with supreme confidence as I was like, I'm not sure, but. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I know that it's some, um, there's a, there's a bunch of Justice League Dark members and I can't uh, exactly remember offhand either. It's been, 
kind of a while since I've read uh, read up on Sandman, but um, it, you know, this might actually get me to go out and buy a compendium, you know, again and kind of read such up. A- I read I read the omnibus, so you know everything that was put together back when they announced that this was coming, and like yeah, I'm scrolling through the cast right now, and I don't see yeah. There's no there's a couple of people who are credited with, with episodes that don't have names associated with them, uh, but I'm not seeing anything indicating anybody from the Justice League. Which, um, or you know, at that point, God. too, that makes you nervous because right. going back to what Dave said, it breaks source material. Well, and you can also see Satan, played by Gwendolyn Christie, is in all 11 episodes. And Satan, as a character, was a character, but was not the character in The Sandman. And so it does. I'm going to. I love the source material enough that I want to watch it, but I, I am apprehensive about maybe where they're going to go. Sweet. All right. We've gone about an hour into the show. This has been a great segment, guys. Thanks for, for talking about this. We're going to take our second commercial break early, and then we're going to wrap up with the two biggies uh, of San Diego Comic-Con. We're going to talk about some DC Warner Brothers and some MCU Hall H material, uh, but now just figures feels like the right time to put in this second commercial break. Before we go into our recorded commercials, though, I do want to talk a little bit about ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. And basically, all I want to say is if you love the content that we put out every single day on the chairshot.com and you want to support us, the best way to help support us and our brand is to put our brand out there. And you can do that by heading over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and investing in one of our mini chair shot shirts. I am actually that guy wearing the shirt to the concert today as we record. I am wearing the Bandwagon Nerds shirt that you can get at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. We have all kinds of other designs, though, out there. You can get chair shot logos. You can get sayings from our various shows. You can get you can get all kinds of great stuff. Um, and every little bit helps keep us on the air. And so, again, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Invest in us. Spend $19.99 for a shirt, or if you're feeling fancy, want something that feels nice on your giblets, do like I did. Get your shirt soft style. Your body will thank you, or as, as Tony likes to say, your epidermis will thank you later. Again, one more time, that's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. When we come back, we are going to talk about the two biggies out of Hall H from San Diego Comic-Con. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds in our San Diego Comic-Con special as we react to all the news, or at least the biggest news to us that came out of San Diego Comic-Con this week. We're now going to turn it over to 
the two juggernauts, the two biggest entertainment outlets that had Hall H presentations on Saturday. First up, DC and Warner Brothers. And here's what's funny, Dave. I'm going to call you out. Because DC and Warner Brothers has their Hall H thing. And you write in the in the chat, they had a pretty strong Hall H. Okay. And hold, I'm like... Hold on, though. I retracted that, but the message didn't send because I was out on the golf course. I said, oh, they started strong and then did nothing. So, sorry. Right. And I was going to say, so I was really disappointed in... in and here's why. I was really disappointed. And, and Tuddy, it was funny because in our chat, you had talked about glass half empty when it came to Marvel. DC needed to fill their fucking glass because this felt very half empty. We only got we, we got two memorable trailers and we're going to talk about both of them. And we got a very memorable arrival to the stage by one Dwayne The Rock Johnson in full black Adam regalia, rising up in a pillar of, of a fog machine. It looked awesome. Lightning bolts, lightning from his hands, like whole thing. It was really great. And then we got a teaser trailer that lasted about a minute. And then we got Shazam, the fury of the gods. They did a panel. Zachary Levy was there. The trailer looked fun, but at the end of the day, that was it. The only other thing that happened was there was this big rumor that Henry Cavill was going to be at Comic-Con for the WB um, or sorry, the Warner Brothers DC Hall H panel. And not only was he not there, The Rock killed the rumor that he's coming back as Superman at Hall H. So, gentlemen, I turn it to you. What's up with that, Tony? Yeah, so Dave told me he was going golfing yesterday, which is bullshit because he was in San Diego. He was there to boo The Rock when The Rock basically confirmed that Henry Cavill will no longer be playing Superman moving forward as far as it goes as Black Adam is concerned. So, Dave, what's up with that? Like I said, man, go fuck yourself, San Diego. So, um, I, you know, the thing was about this is that you know that they I don't I mean I, I with you guys it was disappointing. I, I get the fact that with all the Ezra Miller and Amber Heard controversy, you probably weren't gonna get any flash footage or anything from Aquaman 2, but this is Comic Con. I don't know when fandom's coming up, maybe they're holding back until then, but yeah, you got you just got nothing. You got two really good trailers and then a whole lot of nothing as far as, you know, other than I think what Jim Lee or somebody confirmed that there weren't going to be any more Snyderverse movies, which pretty much killed the Henry Cavill thing before The Rock even did it. Um, but I, I know Patrick's excited about no more Snyderverse stuff. But no, I'm really I'm really sad about that. I'm totally sad about yeah, that. right. Too bad. But all that all that asi- or, all that aside, yeah, to come out and just you know the biggest event of the year, the first in person Comic Con in what three years almost, and and to just deliver nothing I, I mean it was surprising we did get a fury of the gods trailer i didn't expect that but any news any any sort of forward momentum you got new ownership this new company War, wb discovery with this great new vision and they don't give you anything it was um very disappointing to say the i mean to right say the it's, very least right asap what about you i enjoyed what i saw out of the black adam trailer I'm not excited for Shazam. I, I'm sorry. I really? don't know what it is. There was something about it that did not 
get me excited. And maybe it's because of the Shazam kids, like the whole uh, fact that it's going to be a team up movie of sorts. I think that kind of uh, irks me. I I don't know why. Again, uh, there's just something odd about it. Now, I am I'm understanding in the fact that we didn't get any Flash, any Aquaman to I mean, look what's going on. I, I mean, we got to be, <laughs> and you already have noticed that uh, this new ownership group is very particular, right? You know, just straight up canceling everything. They want to right. wipe their slate clean of anything old ownership group. So I, I have a feeling this is this is the reason why. Um. Yeah, I'm really interested in Black Adam. I, I am more uh, peaked more and more by every new footage I see. To me, it looks like we are getting a villain movie, you know, at this point, uh, which, you know, we kind of assumed that, but I think this really confirmed it uh, just watching it, that, like, the bad guys, the antagonists, are going to be Dr. Fate, Adam Smasher, and Hawkman. Awesome. It's going to be like that Morbius movie. Yeah, but I have I have more pay faith it. in DC and Warner Brothers than I do Sony. Pay, so pay, pay attention, Sony. Here's here's the thing. Um, Pierce Brosnan's Dr. Fate interests me more and more every time I hear him. Like, I think that uh, all of the characters like you get to see Black Adam kick the shit out of Hawkman briefly in that uh, in that trailer, which is kind of fun. Uh, and I liked it. Uh, but to me, it's about Pierce Brosnan. I'm all in on Pierce Brosnan's Dr. Fate. Give me that all all day, every day. He He's amazing. He he looks like he's amazing and down for this. And, I, and I'm ready for it. Dave. Uh, I, I, oh, sorry. I, well, one more thing. What's the uh, over under on amount of digs DC throws at Hawkman in the vein of Falcon from Marvel? I'll go with uh, two and a half. I think that's a fair amount. I, I'd probably go two. Two sounds <laughs> about right. You know they're petty. <laughs> right. I mean, they're not they're not beating them in the box office, so you might as well get them with the jokes. Uh, Dave, your thoughts on uh, we've just sort of transitioned into the Black Adam, you know, sizzle reel, one minute trailer, whatever. Your thoughts on all of this? What did you think? Yeah, I, I like the Black Adam uh, trailer a lot. I, I mean the. Uh, like like Aesop saying the showdown between him, well, it was much of a showdown, more like a getting your ass handed to you part two of of our discussion today, where Hawkman gets his ass handed to him by Black Adam. But uh, yeah, I think Doctor Fate kind of is going to be a show stealer of that movie, and I'm I'm all in on it. And you know, you're going to get the JSA introduced. Um, I like the Shazam Fury of the Gods trailer. I thought that it, this looks fun. Um, you know, more of the same comedic well, element, but I I do think. Like Aesop saying, Warner Brothers kind of wants to wipe it. It's like we got this shit that we got to get out there, and then we can wipe the slate clean. So let's get it over with. And that that seems to be their mentality. Right. We're gonna we're gonna start over again, one more time. I want to get to Tony, and then I'll get to you, Aesop. Okay. All right, Tony. Your thoughts on the uh, Black Adam trailer, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, looks- whatever you want to call him. I mean. It looks great. We've been waiting forever to watch him play this role, right? And become a, a, right. a major part of one or the other. Um, 
cinematic universes. And it's, it's interesting that we're sitting here going, well, it's kind of going to almost mirror his professional wrestling career where it's like, Oh yeah. Hey, it's the rock. Yeah. Oh no, he's a bad guy. Oh, but you know, eventually he's going to be a good guy. Right. So that's kind of fun for me. I like that there. Who knows? I may be wrong. Aesop, I may be wrong, but I think maybe, you know, you brought up DC needed to start filling their glass. It wasn't even half full. Maybe they thought, shit, Marvel's given, Marvel just gave away their plans for like the rest of my life, basically yesterday. DC sit there going, well, why, why, why don't we just, why don't we just hang on for a minute? You know, Um, we're going to get to Marvel. I know. But, and uh, as far as the Shazam thing goes, I know I heard a comment on that before. I, I haven't watched any of it yet, but the actual involvement of the kids turning into like kind of the, the sidekicks, I don't know. It look, looks very interesting concept. Hey, Zub, you had a thought. Yeah, uh, here's my prediction for Black Adam. He kills all three of them. Nice. Um, I hope not, but nice. All right, let's get to the other trailer. The one that Aesop was uh, lukewarm on at best actually said, no, thank you. Uh, yes, we did get a trailer for Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Here's what I did feel out of this trailer, and here's what I didn't feel. I I actually did feel the I, I appreciated the teenage angst that we get out of Billy uh, as he talks to um, as he talks to a pediatrician and I thought that was really funny as he's in his adult form Zachary Levy talking to a pediatrician I didn't feel Helen Mirren at all as the villain in this trailer I think that's really what didn't work for me and. You know, I got like maybe I gotta let it marinate a little bit. I know I'm gonna see it at the theater because again, the little O'Dowd was was down for it, and it is gonna want to see it. I I like the family dynamic thing. I like the the I I liked that group. Um, I did know that um, I, I can't ever pronounce his name like um, Jiman Hanzu or uh, you know Jiman Hanzu. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that he. I thought he was dead in the first movie so i uh was surprised to see him back and playing a prominent role in this trailer but okay whatever it's cool um continuity in the dc universe is dead anyway so that for me was like the kids the shazam characters all that yes helen mirren i'm not sure about lucy Liu, fine um didn't see enough of her to really to know one way or the other how 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 i feel about that going David Ongar, you said you liked the trailer. You said it was fun. Why don't you tell us a little bit about why? I just, I just thought it was a fun trailer. I, I thought we did get a franchise. Did you notice uh, in the pediatrician's office the Annabelle doll sitting in the back? So we did get a nice little franchise crossover. Uh, but it's, uh, I think you know, having the kids involved in, in the Marvel family, you know, if you are going to, and it's interesting, you know, the focus of DC's Hall Hall H experience was. Black Adam and Shazam, which we know that, yes, continuity is dead in the DC universe, but if there's any place where it should intersect, it's there. Um, And, uh, you know, the Marvel family and Black Adam's involvement with each other is well documented in the comics. So maybe that's more intentional than we're giving it credit for. But it looks like it looks like a fun trailer. It looks like a fun movie, a good, you know, the first Shazam was uh, was a big departure for DC from the overly heavy darker stuff to hey this is light and dc can make funny stuff too and this movie looks like it's going to continue in that same vein so 
I'm here for it. All right. Tony, your thoughts on Shazam? Yeah, like I said before, the the kid element as the sidekicks kind of make it to look a little more interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see where they're going. You know, you sit here and you get all the Marvel things, and then you want to go over to the DC side and go, oh, well, how is this going to connect to this, that, and the other? Whereas it may never connect to anything. It can just be Shazam on its own. So those kind of wheels always spin for me on the DC side. Hey, Sal? Um, I, I, maybe, maybe it's because I just don't know Shazam all that well, uh, admittedly. But, you know, I just did a quick search of, like, Shazam villains. And... I mean, number one on every single list is Black Adam. So at this point, I'm just looking at this as a a go between from Shaz- you know the first Shazam to Shazam three. <laughs> I feel like maybe this is that's all that it is. It's another reason why I feel like uh, Black Adam just straight up kills Doctor Fate, Hawkman, and Adam Smasher. Get them right in to the villain side and setting up for that third Shazam movie. So here's my question to you. What happens if Black Adam is wildly successful and Shazam sucks and doesn't and disappoints? Do they see it through? Yeah, I think you have to. And you know what? People love love bad guys. So even if uh, even if they uh, Shazam bombs, they'll see it through. Look at like. King Kong, good God! See, King see, Kong and Godzilla see, and all that. See Morbius. Ah, uh, I'm just gonna keep. Okay, Dave. Henry Cavill is no longer. Q okay? taps. <laughs> he has it. I mean, here, here. I'll do this for you. Hold on, everybody, quiet. All right, Henry Cavill is no longer Superman. <laughs> Who that was an epic trombone. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Dave, okay, now you can react. Be sad. Your man crush is no longer Superman. I, I didn't expect him to be Superman. I, I don't know why. I mean, people bought into the. It's like the uh, Brock Lesnar quit SmackDown rumor. People bought into this shit <laughs> hook, line, and sinker. It, and it's just like, there's been nothing to indicate that he was coming back for... I mean, yeah, as soon as Jim Lee said the Snyder verse is done, I'm like, yeah, this this is not happening because they they're like, I keep going back to what Aesop says. They want to wipe their hands clean of this whole with the possible exception of Black Adam because of one reason, Dwayne Johnson. That's the only reason why they might keep that going, because he's a moneymaker. Everything else they just want to get rid of so that they can figure out how do we reset this in the most effective way possible. So hopefully WB Discovery is like, let's stop being so individualistic and follow Marvel's lead. I think they want to get to that point. So yeah, there was no place for, for Henry Cavill. Anything related to the Snyderverse, they don't want anything to do with, I don't think. I, I don't I just don't right. see it. Well, and I mean it's it's this they're the WW the WB I almost said the WWE the WB slash DC universe is like the epitome of like this middling sports franchise where they they take two steps forward three steps back two steps forward three steps back in their progress they get any level of momentum and then they lose it all in some cases they can't even get out of their own damn way like they hire toxic actors 
and then wonder why Ezra Miller can't behave. Like what are like like what's going on there? And so I do think that it's unfortunate because I think that actually of the casting bits that Marvel got or not Marvel, Warner Brothers got right. I think Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman was done right. I think that Henry Cavill as Superman was not bad at all. In fact, was probably what I would argue quite good. Um, Affleck could have been a good Batman, but he wasn't comfortable in the role from the get-go by his own admission. I liked the idea of Ezra Miller, but he's, he's shit. And like, he's just shit as a person, like he's a shitty person and it's killed that character. And as much as it pains me, to have him lift his arms up in, in triumph, but Grant Gustin probably should have been the Flash. Like, they should have just run with what's worked for them. And, yeah, you saw what I did there. Uh, and, and, you know, Ray Fisher, I, like, he seems like a nice enough dude. Cyborg wasn't given the love that it deserved, uh, that he deserved. So we really don't know what he could have done with that role, uh, even with a strengthened role in the Snyder Cut. So and, and Jason Momoa has been cast right as Aquaman. Yeah, Jason Momoa has been solid as Aquaman. I, I don't know if he's blown me away. No, that's the deep. Uh, so let's let's not confuse our genres here. It's okay. The gills. You know, God. it's funny you mentioned. It's funny you mentioned getting away from everything that DC has done as far as casting goes, right? And it's like, hey, let's put. Let's build around the rock. And that makes so much sense more than any sense, anything DC has done in, in how long for the most part. Right. So in thinking about who's going to be, you know, is Robert Pattinson good? Can we connect that somehow? Is that your Batman saga? Fine. Great. We like it. Right. So where do the other ones go? Superman's the big one. Wonder Woman's the big one. Flash is the big one for me. I'll give you a flash. Number five, Hayden Gallagher. Let's start with a young flash. That kid's got it, man. I mean, maybe. And I think that we have to wait and see what they're going to do after this kind of purge that Aesop got to happens. Like they've got a couple movies that they are on the hook for that are in production that we are going to see. They have said they are going forward with the Flash movie. They well, they'd have, lose a lot of money if they didn't, right? Right. And at some point, sometimes though, you you cut your losses and move on, right? Like that that, that is a thing that happens. So regardless. It was overall just such a disappointing panel because because it was so limited. And then it follows up with the winners of Hall H at you know seven eight o'clock last night, seven, seven, eight o'clock last night. Which I think guys next year. Oh, go ahead, Aesop, because I'm moving into I'm moving into Marvel. Yeah. That's why why I figured. I had the same um, idea. I know what you're going to say, and I was almost going to tell you about it when we were watching. Go ahead, Aesop. I know what oh, you're okay. going to say, Patrick. Would DC have been better off not showing up? Yes, a thousand percent. With what they put out, I would one thousand percent have preferred them just roll those trailers out because they coming. They could have just came out and said, "Look, we have a new ownership, and we're trying to put out the best." possible presentation for you we feel right. like it we would be doing the fandom a disservice if we just came with what we currently have which is realistically a 15 minute presentation and then a bunch of bullshit panel stuff you know what i mean right. i i mean like yeah i think i think i'm in that boat as well like stay home dc 
like yeah if you're not gonna if you're not gonna bring some real substance and that was the thing is it was what they had was okay but it wasn't substantive and it didn't get them buzz and if you look four years ago like they competed on in hall age uh, for as much as you may have as much as i may have maligned like justice league and some of these other things they had buzz they had buzz when they did DC Fandom two years in a row. They, they, they just they they're they're stagnated. They're stagnated. What if they decided, made the decision, hey, we're not going to let you know, but internally, we're just gonna we're gonna do our thing at DC Fandom, and we're just gonna give you this little bit from now on everywhere else. Absolutely, I actually would have been totally fine with that if DC Fandom is going to be your thing, because as we're going to talk about Marvel. You know, you talked about the glass being over full. We still got D23 in September. And, and they didn't give us everything. They gave us some, but they didn't give us everything. So let's get to it because we are looking at about half an hour left in this show. And, D, you know, Kevin Feige comes out and they just, they Marvel slays again. And, and I don't know that there's any other way around it. They have named... Phases four through six, we are now in what they call the multiverse saga. And Kevin Feige, they only released as Marvel is wont to do. They released footage from a lot of projects that are coming out. We only got footage released publicly for two, as they did drop two trailers. We're going to take those. We're going to talk about those two trailers in order before we then get into phase five and phase six, because phase four ends with two. Um, Two heroes. First, we get the She-Hulk Attorney of Law series coming in August on Disney+. And then in November, we finally got our long-awaited Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer and what was a very emotional panel to wrap up the uh, the Marvel presentation in a Hall A on Saturday. I uh, will start with She-Hulk Attorney of Law. I, I'm not going to lie. I, that trailer I loved. Um, I was like way more like, okay, I'm on board with She-Hulk Attorney at Law in a way that I wasn't in the previous trailer. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be a 30-minute sitcom, basically, or a 30-minute comedy show. Uh, hopefully it's not a sitcom, no laugh tracks, but a 30-minute 30 30 comedy show, that works for me. Uh, whether it's Ally McBeal, yikes, um, or not, I don't know. Uh, Aesop had pointed out uh, a couple of the little hero or uh, villain groups that showed up, one of which was the Wrecking Crew. For those of you that don't know, the Wrecking Crew is literally four construction workers who are touched by uh, God. What's the power? Um, I don't know. what It's like godly power through Asgard, um, through a magical crowbar. Like they all touch the same it's magical crowbar. It's like the crowbar. destruction force or something like right. that. It's, it's the most nonsensical entity ever. And it's it's literally four construction worker idiots who turn into a life of crime, um, but they uh, and they actually they 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 started as Thor villains before branching out. And Aesop had been like, oh, I think I saw one of them in the trailer. Saw them in the trailer. I was like, I don't know, I have to go back. But there is there's one of them that's in the distinctive ski mask that uh, one of the members of the Wrecking Crew wore. It's got to be the Wrecking Crew. So that's a, and I think I think a sitcom or a comedy superhero show is the perfect place for the Wrecking Crew. I think that absolutely makes a ton of sense. Aesop, you're nodding, so jump in there. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, we, I think we talked about this a little bit in our group chat where we are at the point in Marvel, which I mean, we actually might have even crossed that point a while back where every person, every entity, every character that has ever been mentioned in a Marvel comic series will be put into the MCU at some point. It just seems like a foregone conclusion, right? So whatever the hell we get stilt man, bring him in. Whenever we get stilt rocket man. racer, hell yeah. Give me some rocket racer. Let's get some mojo. Let's get egghead. Let's get every last dumb villain character known to man in the MCU. So the wrecking crew, honestly, kind of tame when you look at the rest of the characters that we've gotten and more or less are going to get in the future. Hell, we just um, we just had a, a crazy one with uh, Frogman, which we've seen in the trailers before. Like, Frogman is an absolutely redonkulous character. Why? You know what? I trust Marvel. I think they're going to do just <laughs> fine bringing these people in. Yeah, it's a definition of make mine Marvel. Dave, what did you think of the She-Hulk trailer as you yawn? Are we boring you? I'm sorry. No, you're not boring me. So we can go to Tony if you're not ready. I'm ready. Okay. It was fine. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> no, it, oh shit. It was up. Oh, I, shit. No, I'd like the trailer. Oh, my goodness. No, don't you play it. Don't play it. I was I'll mute you. I was channeling my best Patrick O'Dowd. So, uh, no, I I thought the trailer was good. It looks like a really funny show, and uh, I I I love I love the interaction between Bruce and and, and Jennifer, and and you know you kind of wonder about you know the the how that whole relationship is going to play out, and and I, Abomination shows up. It just a uh, <laughs> Patrick O'Dowd muted PC Tunny. Awesome. <laughs> So no, I it was, he was threatening things. Oh, it was better. He, than, kno he knows what he did. It was better than fine. It was it was it was a very good trailer. I'm looking forward to it. It looks like a very different kind of show, and uh, like Aesop saying, they're introducing a lot of characters. She Hulk's pretty important in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, right, this looks it looks can, like a very fun I, show. Can I say something I observed that I thought was interesting? Do you think that that uh, Bruce is going through some shit? Well. I mean, and I didn't want to, I mean, this ties into, you know, one of the big rumors that hasn't come yet. Well, that rumor, that rumor didn't happen. It wasn't even mentioned. We're going to talk about it in jest because it was a ridiculous rumor. Um, and actually, I desperately want Ray Cash on this because I actually um, want to really explain to him. For those of you who don't know, there's a rumor that Planet Hulk slash World War Hulk is coming in the MCU and Ray is not for it. He'll say that like without without. Um, Can you I, boo him now? I, yeah, just boo him now. I can't because he's not he's not on the show. I'm okay. not going to boo him now, but <laughs> I do want to have him on the show at some point to talk about normal like balanced Bruce is the start of Planet Hulk, mm -hmm. and I think that is what he is missing and doesn't understand. Tony, without playing you know sound bites that'll get you muted, talk to us. You threatened it. Don't act like you didn't. Um, your thoughts on, on She-Hulk and the trailer that we got today or yesterday. The fact that the overall underlying description of this show is Marvel's attempt at a 30 minute sitcom 
it's right up my fucking alley. Like, I love sitcoms. We talk about them all the time, right? This, that, and the other one. I think it's going to be a great step forward in their streaming and expanding it a little bit. Kind of taking the Wanda a little bit with the Loki and just throwing some more humor in a little bit quicker storylines. This is something I think that could last for a while, right? Especially if you're going to get what you're talking about world war hulk and i'm for that too ray it's all star wars so just fucking dig in all right buddy we we already know what the next we already know what the next 30 years of our life is supposed to be like with marvel so we'll get into that too but i am so looking forward to this i really like what they're doing with hulk's character as he's more of he it's like the coins turn now he's the patient teacher right he's the one trying to be like hey you need to be this that or the other so I, I think it's going to be a great series. I think for me, as far as streaming series goes, it's going to move itself right up into the top three or four. I'm, I'm glad you brought it back to Bruce. The reason why I asked the question of whether or not Bruce is going through some shit, because all of this stuff that he's doing with Jen is clearly away from civilization. Like it appears that they're on some like deserted Island. And I'm, I'm interested to know if it's because he chose to live out there to be away from people or, or if he's just lo- like, he's lonely Like, it's clear at one point when he was like, you know, if you want to go back to being a lawyer, I understand. And he's, like, super lonely. Like, something's wrong with Bruce Banner in this show. Well, maybe it's the fam. Sorry. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. no, Go go ahead, Johnny. No, because I think I don't want to step. I had my chance to talk, and I didn't answer that question yet. So go ahead, Asa. I'm sorry. This builds to a World War Hulk story so obviously right and especially again i reiterated this to ray on so many occasions in our group chat they have said that all of phase four is more or less loss so why can't bruce lose everything yeah or at least start uh you know to lose everything we don't know what phase five is, right? You know what I mean? Like they they talked about uh, Kang Dynasty and uh, Secret was it no, Secret that's Wars? Six. That's phase yes, six. that's six. We, exactly. We know what five is. Yeah, Quantum Mania is the beginning of phase five. We're we're, oh, we're gonna talk about right. five, we're gonna talk about phase five in a second. Sorry, so. you are right. You are right. I did forget about that. Um, but again, I, I think we are getting. Planet Hulk, World War Hulk. Uh, I, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. I don't like the idea of Planet Hulk, which was rumored to be a series. I don't like that. No, I would rather it see it be a, a feature film. But all things considered, World War Hulk is happening. This is definitely a story they are going to want to tell. And I think that they can get there relatively easily. So... The, th- the thing that I think is really interesting is that Hulk is Hulk is balanced star at Hulk and what results in him jettison is he gets overloaded with Gamma. And when he gets overloaded with Gamma, the monster takes over and results in a horrible thing that then leads the Illuminati to decide that we we love we we trust Bruce, but we don't trust the Hulk. So they sh- they blast him into space. And He's actually not angry to the level that leads to World War Hulk during most of Planet Hulk until the ship that sends him there blows up his pregnant wife 
he makes a new life in Planet Hulk. He finds a way and is at peace. And then this ship explodes, killing his wife and unborn child. And that's what leads him back to fuck shit up on Earth with the Illuminati, the people he holds responsible for the death of his wife and child. It's very so, injustice <laughs> of the whole anyway, thing. Anyway, we're not going there because DC doesn't know how to write a story for movies right now. So we're going to keep talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and get into what I would argue is one of the most... I, I don't know that I've ever... like I got emotional watching the, the Black Panther panel. Uh, Ray shared... Um, a nice edited version of like the whole Black Panther panel with the cast, everything but the trailer. They the the people who posted this did a good job of editing out the footage so they could keep it up. Uh, even though we got a Black Panther trailer, and then you watch the trailer, and half of it is saying goodbye to to T'Challa slash Chadwick Boseman. Uh, is is beautifully done. Uh, you know, to uh, a rendition of No Woman No Cry. It's I, it, it was a trailer that told you everything, but still told you nothing, if that makes sense. Because uh, you got a lot of confirmations as to who's there and, and what's going on, but you don't really know what the story is yet. And I thought that was a very clever, well-put-together trailer. Uh, Dave Ungar, I'll let you go first. Your reaction to the Black Panther Wakanda Forever panel and the trailer that was revealed uh, yesterday slash two days ago by the time this podcast drops. I didn't get a chance to watch the panel, um, but I did watch the. Tra- okay. I did watch the trailer, and like you're saying, it told you a lot and told you nothing at the same time. I mean, you did get, you got the confirmation uh, that T'Challa has died. We don't know how. We don't know all the details. It really, I mean, it matters and it doesn't matter. You know, at the same time, it's like, yeah, I want to know what happens, but it really doesn't matter because he's gone. Um, you get the confirmation of Namor that we heard about. You get War Whales, which was really cool to see them in action. Um, you get a, a lot of the conflict going on between Wakanda and Atlantis to some extent. But yeah, I think, you know, the the revealing Wakanda to the world at the end of the first Black Panther, as T'Challa did, you see kind of how this has come full circle at this point in the trailer where the queen is like, I'm queen of the most powerful nation in the world. And haven't I given up everything for you guys already? So there seems to be some resentment on her part towards the world as far as whatever's gone on. In between the first one and now so um and then you do get the little snippet of the new black panther we don't know who that is yet um assumptions running wild but yeah it was is a powerful trailer i'm sure we'll get more details and get more specifics as we get closer to it which we know now know is going to be the end of phase four um but yeah that that was a, a very powerful trailer um it it delivered in just about every way you wanted without without really giving you anything. So that's extraordinarily hard to do when they pulled it off. PC Tony. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I just don't think it's, it's ever going to be what anybody wants it to be because there's so many, like, I don't think we equated maybe, maybe Robert Downey Jr. With, with Tony Stark, but Chadwick Boseman with black Panther, we almost like, we almost thought he was Black Panther to a certain extent, right? Like it feels to me like all the people, the the actors and actresses that have played these superhero characters, and I mean that as far as being upstanding and good and respected and everything else like that. So I just don't, I think everything is going to be different than anything anybody would want it to be because no one's going to be able to 
have the same idea of how to replace something like that. So the fact that they're doing it the way they are, I'm fine with it. Yeah, the trailer was choked you up a little bit, but that's that's good. That means you're looking forward to something. That means it means something to you. And this movie's going to mean a lot to a lot of people. So I'm just I just can't wait to go see it. Hey, stop. Uh, to kind of echo what PC said, I I agree. I don't know how we, especially us four white guys, let's just be honest. It, you know, we don't know the level of importance that Chadwick Boseman was to that community, to, you know, black African-American communities and what he represented to them. So trying my, to minority communities in general too, right? Yeah. Just to not to interrupt you again, but you know, just to add there. But but trying to trying to do the the level of justice that you know Chadwick Boseman deserves is is going to be a massive undertaking. Now I will say I trust Ryan Coogler. I think he's going to do this very well. And um, I, I said it in our chat. I think this is so perfect for them to end phase four on Wakanda forever as a tribute slash send off to Black Panther and the character itself. I again, I, I hope they do this right. Uh, and I feel like they are. The trailer itself looks great and it looks full of passion and emotion, which is exactly what this movie needs. So I am excited to kind of see what they do. And I don't know if I can't remember the last time I had this level of excitement for a Marvel product. Uh, this is probably in game. I would say I wouldn't say Ed game. I'm probably going to go and say Infinity War. Because we you know yeah. we weren't it, we weren't you know Endgame we kind of knew what was coming you know the culmination of it all, but Infinity War you know we we didn't have that level of story so I wanted to see what that was I think that's where it's at so it's been quite some time so let's go let's fucking go so a couple of things that uh, I really pulled out of this trailer I wonder if this film itself is going to be almost a, a mirroring of a couple, a mirroring of a couple of rises, uh, a rise of a new black Panther in Wakanda while we also track the rise of Namor. Uh, because we, we see Namor being born in the trailer. Like that is, that is a piece of this, this film. I am not concerned at all uh, really with how they have uh, about the handling of, of Chadwick's passing slash T'Challa's passing. I have no doubts that that is going to be done well uh who is wearing the suit at the end of the trailer is it shuri or is it nakia guessing biggest sure. question. It looks like, i'm guessing shuri i mean yeah who knows i will i will say i also uh, maybe i missed this i didn't know ironheart was i didn't know riri was making her debut in this movie um yes. And if you actually want to go out there and get a sneak peek at what she's going to look like, Funko already has put out a pop um, of her look. So you can actually see um, what Riri is going to look like. I, this movie is going to make a billion dollars. And I don't, think, I, don't, like, I don't think it's going to be a question. I think it is going to be a billion dollar movie. 
Um, and I don't know how long it'll take to get there, but I think it'll be easily Marvel's biggest product this year. Oh, I'm seeing this, nods. Oh, this, yeah, yeah. Outside, no outside of uh, Endgame and Infinity War, I bet you this is their highest grossing film. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Like, it's going to make some bank. So, ah, again, loved it. It's, you know, Marvel, for all those that think Marvel is dead and boring, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is going to take care of that for you. Let me go ahead. Then we got. I was just going to say, who, who, who are the top three options to be wearing that suit at the end of it, right? I mean... I don't even think there's a third. I think there's two. I think it's Shuri or Nakia. I don't think it's uh, M'Baku. I don't think M'Baku's taking it on. And in fact, if you look at the trailer, it definitely, to me, it looks like a woman in the suit. That's just me. Dave or Aesop, care to weigh in? Feel free. Shuri, Shuri's, I would say Shuri's the most, uh, the front runner right now uh, because of uh, one, you know, family, you know, of sorts, and two, age. Age is a factor, you know, wanting to go forward with Black Panther. I And it, it gets not, not only uh, it gets the younger demographic. You know, I think it's perfect for them. Yeah, I think I think Shuri, I think uh, the other one, Pat, you mentioned, I think a Koye could be a, a outside looking in sort of scenario. But other than that, I think it's going to be a woman. Yeah. Not a redeemed, resurrected Killmonger. No, no, nope. no. I know he's no in way. the film. Uh, but you know, who knows? Just just bury, you, bury it, me in the ocean. Just I mean, bury me in the ocean, right? Right. Well, and that's my thing. Is in, in my opinion, his his end was. I, I actually, I personally would not like that on my playlist because I think it takes away from what I what I would deem as one of the most beautiful ends to a character in a movie. Uh, I love the way that he died. Yeah, it would be worse than uh, the Atlanteans I, resurrecting him and using him against Wakanda, though. I mean, I guess, but I, I hope not. So, all right, we're going to move on to Phase 5. We're going to know more in November. That's, that's, that is the thing that is happening. Um, all, a lot was revealed out of what's coming in Phase 5, including a few new additions. Some of the things that we knew, some things we didn't know. We, uh, we, we weren't, but audiences in Hall H were... Uh, welcomed with some footage from Ant-Man Quantum Mania, which is going to kick off Phase 5 at the beginning of 2023. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 also was a group and a cast that had a, an emotional gathering, got back together uh, to talk about it, and it was announced that this is the final iteration of this group within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, meaning that James Gunn is done doing Guardians movies and who is left out of Guardians of the Galaxy as we know it uh, is kind of up in the air. Uh, Secret Invasion was confirmed as a series happening shortly after Quantum Mania, actually. And then in what I thought was a very exciting, big announcement, but then was also really surprised, an 18-episode series coming to Disney Plus at the end of the year daredevil um and i'm gonna forget the name of the storyline something born, rising. born again it's like they're doing the yeah, born daredevil again born again the daredevil born again storyline an 18 episode series on disney plus guys i just threw out four major events what were highlights for you out of this panel and it can even be something that may have been noted that was announced out of phase five that that i didn't mention there uh we'll start with uh we'll start with tunny this time 
since they told you your life story for the next two years at phase five, <laughs> what uh, what stood out to you? So, I, Guardians three, right? I think that's that's probably the not we know that that's the end of that story, right? So, like, I'm really looking forward to that. So many Secret Invasion finally. Um, I the Marvels, the Marvels for sure. Um, and I, I would say, I don't know. It's just interesting how we're going to lead into also how, how we're going to lead and develop into six. The fun thing about this to me is they gave you five and then they gave you two of the keystones for six. So it's like, Hey, this is kind of where we're going. So kind of like, kind of like think in this direction to kind of maybe get us moving in a different way. Right. Um, you got captain America four, I believe as well. So that could be a big thing. I, a big part of um, uh, a secret invasion in, in my mind is how we kind of get that kick started. Maybe that's been working its way for a long time. Um, but yeah, besides the, 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 uh, the spoof of, of Frazier tossed salads and scrambled eggs, which is my favorite. It's up. It's my Twitter banner. Now uh, you're welcome. Can't wait. For that. It's awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. We'll get to that when we get to phase six, Aesop. What stood out to you from the Phase 5 announcements? I mean, we kind of knew this was coming, but man, am I fucking pumped for Thunderbolts. I am so pumped for Thunderbolts. That, to me, sounds like an absolute blast, and that is the one thing that is kind of up in the air. You know, another team-up movie that really we have very little established with that, right? We have Zemo in there so we can we can more or less figure him in outside of that uh who else uh, a venom is that is that a venom tie-in maybe no i don't know so uh, that's that's all i really want to know i want to get my thunderbolts information about as quickly as humanly possible so we obviously know where they're going to start with the Thunderbolts, but how many iterations have there been moving forward, right? Doesn't that There's organization just keep evolving? Like, that could be right. something they can do on continue forever, Sob. Yes, and uh, all the more reason why I'm interested in it. I, I mean, we've had this uh, this feeling with, uh, what's it called, with uh, the Avengers. You know, where are they going with that? So, you know, I don't know. That's just the one I'm most excited with. Dave. Phase five announcements, what really stood out to you? Well, I think some of the information we got, uh, some of the things that we know, Kang is going to be a huge focus of Quantumania, which we knew. But now you look at phase six and you got the Kang dynasty out there. So Kang's going to be a bigger part of this thing than we may have anticipated. He may not get the Ultron treatment, just like one and done, that sort of thing. So he's going to be around. Um, Some of the information about Guardians 3, like uh, Gamora hooks up with the Ravagers. We heard something like that. Peter's trying to get through to her, his feelings for her, or his feelings for her, and she's like not having any of it. That's going to be fun. You got, uh, you know, a lot of things that were announced but not really discussed in detail. Secret Invasion, how that probably bleeds into Thunderbolts, creating that level of distrust of superheroes, which is going to lead right into Thunderbolts. So I thought... Those were the big ones, but yeah, Daredevil Born Again, 18-episode series run, one of the most powerful stories in the entirety of the Daredevil comics run. Um, I guess this is Daredevil Season 4, or 
something. I mean, they kind of dabbled with the storyline a little bit in the series, but never went all the way. So I think that, you know, that establishing, and we know he's going to be in She-Hulk as well. We saw Daredevil at the very end of that trailer. Uh, but that's the one that stands out to me, an 18-episode run uh, capturing one of the most powerful stories in that's been told by Marvel in recent times. And you figure, how is that going to, you're likely going to bring in characters that are going to be brought in into Echo as well. So yeah, that's the one that I'm really kind of like got my, raised my eyebrows like, ooh, that's a big, long series run that they're giving to that. So can we just all agree that Charlie Cox won fucking San Diego Comic-Con out of Marvel? Because not only did he get a Daredevil series, Daredevil makes an appearance in the She-Hulk trailer. So we're going to see Charlie Cox in the She-Hulk TV series. Plus, he's going to be doing the voice work in Spider-Man freshman year for the Daredevil character, too. Charlie Cox, good on you, man. And he was he was the guy who embraced continuing to be Daredevil. Him and Vincent D'Onofrio have really, like, just good for them. Um, for me, though, by the way, I can't believe you didn't mention this in talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy. The high evolutionary is the big bad. Chikwudi Uzi, baby, let's go! Right. For, uh, you know, we talked about this, we joked about this in Tunney's Google research. I don't know where he was on your list of cosmic villains to put in draft, but the high evolutionary should have been on your list. He was a a fucking badass. And uh, (laughs) I'm I'm here for it. I love that he he showed up in costume uh, and, and did all that. I thought that was totally great. Um, and yeah, just, you know, Agatha Harkness is getting a show. We knew that was coming, but to see it officially announced and on the screen, secret invasion. But yeah, I think the big one is Daredevil, which honestly, when you look at one of those like characters, that's kind of a, I don't know if if you want to call it like a, a benchmark character for Marvel, but he's definitely one of like, when, when people talk about Batman for DC, Daredevil really fits the mold uh, of a Batman-like character in the sense that he fights the seedy underworld of New York City in Hell's Kitchen. And let's take- and Batman at its roots is a detective yeah. fighting the seedy underworld of, of Gotham. So, yeah, and I just, that's amazing. I don't want to throw this out there. With the status of Spider-Man as a franchise kind of up in the air right now, you know, Daredevil might be the cornerstone of the street level aspect oh, yeah. of what Marvel's going to do. Um, you know, we haven't even talked about the Craven, the Hunter <laughs> poster release We're or anything like that. We're not going to either. Let's not. But I think it's Save important. Save that for next week. Yeah. I think it's important that you establish mm-hmm. Daredevil as much as possible until this whole Shut situation up, gets sorted up. out. <laughs> All right. So Feige at the, not at the end, it's actually, they ended with, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. But before they went to to Wakanda Forever, Feige ended his sort of timeline conversation with a, a mostly blank timeline of, of Phase 6. But he gave us the beginning of Phase 6, and he gave us the end of Phase 6, and officially announced, just kick off Phase 6, the long-known, rumored, coming, it's been promised, Fantastic Four will officially make its debut uh, in 2025, I want to say. No, not 2027. 
not that far out. Oh, phase to kick off phase seven, I thought. No, no five, phase, phase six. six. Phase oh, six. that kicks off six. Okay, my bad. Yes. Sorry. And we'll end with Avengers Kang Dynasty in July, I want to say was what the date was, and then Secret War, Avengers Secret War in November. People were worried that the Avengers were dead and done and never coming back. Clearly, that's wrong. Um, and I never thought it was true in the first place that the Avengers were going away. You can't have an MCU without the Avengers. Um, Kang, clearly going to have his fingerprints on just about every movie going forward in some way, shape, or form as we build to the Kang Dynasty film. I'm interested in what Secret Wars will be. Will we have a Dr. Victor Von Doom? Will it be the Dr. Doom Secret War? Will Kang somehow be involved with Secret War? Is it their own take on Secret War? What's it going to be? Are we getting the Beyonder? I don't even know. Gentlemen, start with Aesop this time. What do we make of these announcements from Phase 6 other than we got a lot of time to figure it out? Got three years. Holy shit is all I have to say. Secret Wars is a daunting task. And I know that we started to put in some very small pieces of it, but that means they are going to have to bust some ass over the next two phases to establish a Secret Wars storyline. You know, the idea of 616 and, uh, was it, uh, 160838. Oh, I thought the Ultimate Verse was a different one, but... Uh, I was talking about in the MCU, it seems like right now there's two that have been established. True. True. Uh, yes. So, uh, yeah, I just don't know how they get it done. Again, I've said it before. I trust Marvel. So I assume that they do a damn good job. But holy shit, is that a daunting task? And, and I would assume, sorry, just to quickly jump right in. I would assume the reason why this happens is through Kang. You know, and that's why you don't really have the same t- level of correlation in the Avengers name titles, you know, like Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, so I, I would assume that it's it breaks off a little bit more. Sorry. Dave, go. Yeah, I think, um, wow, like Aesop was saying, holy shit. I, I, my gut instinct is I remember when they announced Infinity War and they had said Infin- Avengers Infinity War Part 1 and then Part 2. I don't see how you can do Secret Wars in one movie. I, I think that's got to be a two-parter to end the whole thing. Um, I, I would be shocked, truly shocked, if there's no Doctor Doom. I, I think, you know, Kang versus Doom, the conflict between them can be a fun one to exploit over the next two phases. I'm expecting that. I, I, you know, to me, it's like we got so much more out of this than I thought that you got to figure a lot of these gaps, like you're saying, Pat, lots of blank spaces in phase six. I think we'll get a lot more information come September D23 as to what they're doing. Um, but yeah, as far as like what they gave us to even talk about a phase six, uh, with so many people saying there's no continuity, there's no connection and winding their asses off. And then here you go. So you got way more than I thought we were going to get. Ladies and gentlemen, we have breaking news. Play the uh, breaking news music, Dave. Okay, just in, the winner of the Cosmic Super Villain Poll for Bandwagon Nerds is... 
the violent gentleman, Aesop Mitchell. Congratulations, Aesop. You have won the Cosmic Villain Draft. I'd like to thank all my supporters out there. Nobody cares. Thank you. Okay. You're done. <laughs> okay. Yep. All right. Good, clearly Tony. top three. Good, uh, the good top run, Chris Platt. Clearly the top three teams were in the day one poll. Not a big deal. Um, <laughs> yes, Patrick, please continue with your show. Tony, give your thoughts on these three announcements that came out of phase six. And you were, you were the one playing uh, kind of the devil's advocate sure. a little bit uh, in terms of how much news was given to us by Feige. Why don't you talk a little bit about that, too, before we wrap up this show? It's a lot. Like It is a and, lot. And, it, it, and maybe that's not a bad thing. But look at it this way. you need to, Everybody needs to temper expectations now, right? Because we've seen how actors can be. And we see how change can need to be made. So nothing is ever permanent. Nothing is ever stone, right? Man makes plans. God laughs. You know, it's just the way life goes. So appreciate it. Enjoy it. But recognize that card's subject to change. It's all Star Wars. It's all wrestling. It's called life. It'll be interesting to see if anything gets added over uh, the course of phase five and phase six, because I mean, I, I would assume well, that's what happened with echo, right? Right. Well, so let's, let's talk about this because phase five is huge. Uh, and, and so we know it starts off with Ant-Man quantum media, but here's what was announced as the phase five. I don't want to say timeline, but this is basically the timeline. Secret oh. invasion in spring. Sorry. thought I was muted. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! There's some good radio for you. Have another drink. And you were making you were making fun of me with the damn blue angels going over. I know, right? So, Phase Five: Secret Invasion is coming in spring 2023. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, May 5th, 2023. Loki Season Two, Summer 2023. Echo also in the summer of 2023. Blade, the film, November 3rd, 2023. Ironheart. Fall 2023. That's a series on Disney Plus. Agatha, Coven of Chaos, Winter 2023 slash 2024, which was on their timeline. Also a series on Disney Plus. Captain America, New World Order, May 3rd, 2024. Daredevil, Born Again, Spring of 2024. Thunderbolts, which is the end of Phase 5, July 26th, 2024. That is a lot of opportunity to fill in the story that you're worried about, Aesop. Then you get to phase six, and there's all these blanks in between. We know, based on a tweet that I that I shared out earlier today, that Iron Wars is still coming, the, the fight over Iron Man technology and Iron Man's armor. So I would assume um, that that'll happen in, in, in phase six. Here's the other thing that I think is really interesting, is we got a lot of announced stuff, but when you look at the panel, they were very targeted as to what they shared. A lot of it is footage that is coming almost in the immediacy, uh, much, much sooner rather than later. And as I mentioned at the top of covering Marvel, we still have D23 in September, where we're going to get more news. Oh. And, and, I think it'll be, and I think it'll be more news about existing projects. I don't know that we'll get any Phase 6 announcements, but I think we'll get some more filler out of Phase 5. Definitely. I mean, you got to think about 
think about what wasn't discussed and what happened earlier in the week with Deadpool and Logan getting added to Disney Plus, and now you got conservative parents groups who are all pissed off. Use your parental controls, people. That's what they're fucking there for. Um, but you know, we didn't get the confirmation of Deadpool three, which you got to figure is coming. They had nothing about the mutants, which we know is coming. And but here, here's I, the thing about that, Dave. I actually want to, I actually want to point that out because I've seen that complaint. Mutants have been introduced in footage. Oh, I know. I'm so just while saying. They have, while they haven't done X Men yet, like mutants, are, and Namor is the first mutant. Yeah. And here's, but the thing is, there is no reason to think D23 will not be of the similar magnitude that Hall H was because that is Disney's baby. They want to stamp their footprint as far as what D23 is. So there's every reason to think that what we're going to get in, in September is going to be every bit as, uh, as impactful as what we got at Hall H. And that's a scary thought to think about everything we got and what are they going to add? Are they going to, you know, there's a lot that they could add to phase five that we don't even know about yet. You know, there could be, anything related to X-Men or, or who knows what. I mean, all they got to do is announce the mutants as a movie. You know, they didn't give you much information at all about the Marvels. We know that's coming. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that's coming up in September that, although they did this amazing dump of news on us that we didn't expect, uh, there's still more out there and probably a significant amount more out there. Absolutely. Uh, I'll give Aesop and Tony both final thoughts if you have any. We'll start with Aesop. Any final thoughts on the Marvel panel uh, from all Hall H this past Saturday? Holy shit. I mean, we got a lot more than what we expected. I don't know how much D23 gives us because of that. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much. I wonder if they uh, expand more on the stuff they've, they've already introduced. But rather than uh, other than that, I don't know if they give us all that much more because of the fact that, holy shit, we just got so much of the future of the MCU, and uh, that's still like like uh, Dave said, leaving off so much. No Deadpool, you know. We know Deadpool's coming, uh, and uh, who knows what more they add because you've seen that. Marvel has been very good at responding to um, uh, the fans. You know, again, going back to Echo, you know, if Echo is getting a series, I can almost 100% guarantee you they had no intention of making that a thing. And look at I, that. There you go. Sonny, your final thoughts on the MCU Hall H panel from Saturday. Loki season two. Can't wait. Agatha fire is that the next time we see wanda and lastly we're going to get another version of the avengers there's a lot happening between now and then who's the next tony stark it's is it uh, a girl it's Riri. is it a woman it's riri it's ironheart it's well, it's uh, at least that's how i hope it is it's going to be his brother tony stank he's going to show up again oh, <laughs> he's me. a filthy bastard jimmy johns right. the raps are back all right, before we go, I do want to say I'm thinking next year, guys, we got to do a Saturday Hall H watch party uh, as a bandwagon nerds thing. I, for those of you who weren't there, Dave was too busy getting sun in 99-degree weather and golfing. He was in I don't, San Diego on the rock. 
I don't know where Aesop was. Probably wrestling in a magic show while doing stand-up comedy. Uh, Improv comedy. Jesus. But here's the thing. Uh, Myself, Ray Cash, and Tony were watching somebody else's live reaction stream to Twitter uh, posting all these announcements. And I I don't know that... Who knows where we'll be in a year, guys? Like, who knows where chair shot will be whether we'll be doing like a live like whether we do a live stream or what but i know that i had a lot of fun uh, even though i thought it was funny that like i don't know if ray didn't know that tony and i were listening to like the same live stream podcast but he kept like telling us things and we were like we know ray uh yes we know Ray. but it was fun to be able to get that announcement like take the take that information and then be able to react to it in the moment as we kind of shared with each other and went back and forth. And I think it would be a great bandwagon nerd special to do. Uh, and great and thankfully we have a year to try and figure it out and plan it. But uh, it was a it was a good time. It would be really cool. And I think that you know whether we got Aesop and Dave and Tony and Ray and you know Platt, even maybe some people who don't normally jump on. Like I think it'd just be a, I think it'd be a good time. And I think that regardless we're going to have to chat with each other as like sort of real time react to this. Cause it was a lot of fun. Tony, do you want to comment on that? Cause you were not as uh, throwing your hand. No. September D 23. Yeah. Uh, what Dave you track, uh, Disney, like, like it's your job. When is D 23? September 9th, uh, 9th, 10th and nope. 11th. It's yeah. The, there you go. Yep. Like I said, see, he didn't even have to look at his phone. Hey, stop. You have a bigger leaning in there. Go for it. La- Live stream that, and uh, we also have to plan the streamies. Streamies. Uh, the streamies. You guys, you keep speaking that. Maybe it'll manifest. Um, anyway, that I that hell, hell of a lot of fun talking to you guys about uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Overall, welcome back, San Diego. And back in a big way, I think, in a lot of ways. Uh, and I hope it's just, it was good to, as as somebody like that, that was worried that San Diego Comic Con was going to die, uh, especially as you started to see like studios start to pull out, uh, to see them come back and to come back in a big way, and that the and the, and a lot of these studios embraced it in return, uh, it was it was awesome. So, yeah, welcome back, San Diego Comic Con, uh, New York Comic Con. I hope I hope you're a, a big deal as well. Um, that was another one. I've been to the New York Comic Con. It's worked its way up to the number two convention. Sometimes has some great stuff as well. Um, yeah, that's all I got. So we're going to do our quick once around uh, before we get out of here for reals. Um, tell we're, we're going to do our once around. Tell everybody where they can find us out there on the socials and the Chair Shot Radio Network. And this week we will start with PC Tunney. Follow me at PC Tunney on Twitter and Facebook. Make sure you're checking out everything Chair Shot Radio Network. On all of your favorite, favorite, yeah, it's it's flavorful uh, streaming platforms. Flavor, yeah, hear the flavor. Church Art Radio Network. All right, Aesop, bail him out. You can uh, find <laughs> me on Twitter at Violent Aesop. You can also find me at Dave and Cuddy. I got two of them. Please check my uh, podcast out with my brother. We had a huge episode this week. Talk to. One, Jason Stewart, the fan control football guy that lit a joint on the field. It's awesome. Super crypto, bro. It's odd. But, uh, yeah, we got more stuff planned as well. So check out Down the Wire. Drops every Monday. David Ungar. 
Well, I first would probably recommend to all of us to download the D23 official app and just get ready for it because that's going to be cool. But uh, other than that, you can follow me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G and Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Is there a, a link to, to get to you some bonus credits on that D23 app? I don't know, man. 49 days away, Dave. 49 I days. I know. There's a, a download the official app and Dave will put a Dave will put a link in the bandwagon nerds Twitter account for all you fans out there that want to Back, backslash D20. Dave Unger. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. It's all like right, an Amazon kickback me. account. There you go. You can follow me on the Twitter at wrestling real estate is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. Also, make sure that you follow the podcast at Bandwagon Nerds. Pretty easy to find and follow. We just completed, as I mentioned before, our cosmic villain draft poll. Next week will be the. Sh- kind of the earthly street level villain pool our villain draft look for six bandwagoners back trying to argue as to why their team is the best team you can listen to me on the chair shot radio network every monday tuesday wednesday monday with bandwagon nerds tuesday it's chair shot radio though i'm not there this week doing musical chairs you're going to get pc tunny and david ungar in a fun episode that i think is going to be really cool of musical chairs Uh, i believe in you guys and finally, on Wednesday, you can catch me with Greg DeMarco and Miranda Morales on the Greg DeMarco Show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Now, get yourself out of the basement, get some sun, and check out all of your San Diego Comic-Con trailers. There was some big news that hit today, and it's worth following. You have been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Now I gotta cut loose, put it loose. Odds are we each have identical versions of ourselves walking around out there, living completely different lives. <gasps> Our doppelgangers. That's a made-up word. No, no, I learned all about this in Texas. Tell them about the paranoid psychosis vibe. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you said this wasn't a problem. Okay, yes. Technically, if you're near your doppel for long, you'll go insane. So, if you ever see your other self... Kill them. Sleep with them. Avoid them. What the hell is wrong with you? Oh, come on. As if you wouldn't climb Luther Mountain. From the entire Channel 4 News team, I'm Veronica Corningstone. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Ah!